you're not obligated to answer anyone's questions or respond to anyone's comments. Welcome back to Speaking Queerly. We're a podcast hosted by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, Ohio's largest and longest standing organization serving and supporting LGBTQIA plus youth and young adults. I'm Mallory, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the Civic Engagement and Advocacy Manager for Kaleidoscope. And I'm Daria, I use she, they pronouns, and I'm the Ohio GSA Network Manager at KYC. Um, today, we have a very special guest with us. Um, as I said, my job has to do with all things GSA. Um, but we have uh, an even bigger expert here talking GSA network um, and also helping us move into this winter season, preparing for a break from school. So, Gil, if you would like to give your introduction. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, like you said, my name is Gil. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I'm calling in from Kuskoskia in Erie Land, also known as Cleveland, Ohio. But I attended the Ohio State, so love Columbus. Uh, always tried to get back there. Um, but yeah, I'm the storytelling media organizer. Uh, which basically means that I get to work with queer and trans youth across the country, helping them tell their stories to create change, hopefully in public, in people's lives, in legislation and other things like that. We do a lot of awesome storytelling projects with zines, youth art interviews. Um, it's been an amazing job. I, I absolutely love it. Oh, that's amazing. I, I feel like I have so many questions. I don't know if I fully knew what you did, um, but even yeah. didn't do it, I'm just like dying <laughs> to know like, what what did you study in school like that's yeah yeah so i attended ohio the ohio state excuse me um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i i majored in english and psychology there i've always been really interested in literature and how it can change people's lives um and then i actually stayed there to get my masters of education so i did my student teaching out in hilliard ohio uh then started teaching in chicago and then moved to gsa network very cool. Wow. I didn't know that history. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And I feel like English and psychology, I'm sure for so long when you were in college, people are like, okay, what are you going to do with that? Right. And exactly. this job seems like the perfect intersection of that, right? Talking about literally. Like, yeah, that's wow. Amazing. Very cool. We're so happy <laughs> to have you here with us today. Yeah. Um, and before we move into all of the GSA things, all of the winter break stuff, um, to stay on theme with that, for everyone, what are you looking forward to either during the holidays or just the winter season? Like, what's your favorite thing to do? Um, I would say I just I feel like I'm looking forward to all the coziness, like the warm sweaters, the warm drinks, nice fireplaces, um, just like all that good, like fuzzy blankets, classic holiday movies, uh, all that the coziness. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Daria? Uh, I think a couple things. I barista on the weekends, so I just love the wintertime kind of slow down, hot drinks, quiet mornings. What is your favorite holiday drink to make? Oh, goodness. Holiday drink to make. Um, that's a great question. Um, well, we're just rolling out our new menu now. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming the classic like peppermint mocha, that's kind of what I will drink. So maybe it's just more like what I want. Um, but I don't know anything hot anything with really good steamed milk i'm working on my latte art still oh. so we'll see if that's better by the end of winter but Impressive. i don't know what about you um honestly shameless i love christmas music and mm -hmm. i feel like for most of my life i started like you know i'd start listening to it in like october and i've been resisting the urge this year just because i'm like all right i gotta enjoy the fall season whatever i think both can exist simultaneously 
but I don't know. I'm I'm a sucker for like chestnuts roasting on an open fire and whatnot. So like <laughs> it's playing in Target already. Oh yeah. So I have no doubts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've already heard it too. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I have to look forward to. Just gives me a little boost of serotonin when I turn on my Spotify, you know. Very nostalgic too. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. It brings me back. Yeah. There's something about um like the song This Christmas. I don't know why, but it makes me very specifically nostalgic for like 2006. So <laughs> I don't know why. Couldn't tell you, but 2006. Yeah. Good, good time. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for entertaining me with those answers. <laughs> but as we move into today, let's talk things GSA to start since school hasn't totally wrapped up for the first half of the year yet. Um, but I want to know, Gil, what was your first like interaction with GSAs? Was it when you were in middle and high school? Was it when you were teaching or after the fact? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I grew up in like a a pretty conservative and and Catholic household. I was sent to Catholic schools for K through 12. So that was definitely not in existence there. Um, It was definitely shamed, like not a good environment for that. It was uh, honestly very isolating. I didn't have a community. I didn't come out until college. So my first interaction with a GSA was in college um, during my student teaching and during my just some of my education classes, specifically about uh, social justice in education, diversity in education. And as soon as I learned about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this would have been absolutely amazing to have as a youth growing up. And I wished so dearly. I was like, wow, I wish I had this. I wish I knew about it. It would have been such a great resource, a like a nice community to have. Um, So when I learned about it and going into education, I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I want to be an English teacher and also run the GSA. Um, And so during my student teaching, I got to help out with a GSA. Um, Obviously wasn't running it, still student teacher. (laughs) But I, yeah, and then I started working my first actual year of teaching after after student teaching was the pandemic. Mm. So, you know, there were no clubs, there was nothing going on. Um, That was another form of isolation for folks. So, you know, it worried me thinking about all the students who were at home and maybe didn't have that community as well. Um, So I always tried to bring that into my lessons of like, hey, here are some cool stories about activists or like bring in the GSA curriculum into my English curriculum to kind of mesh them together. But after the um, after the first year of the pandemic, I started looking for more kind of like nonprofit jobs or just jobs where I can work more directly with queer and trans youth. That's always something that I wanted to do. Um, And I went into teaching first kind of to get that background in education. And then I found this job, the storytelling media organizer. And I was like, wow, this is literally perfection. It is my whole kind of what I applied to my master's program with my essay about literature, storytelling, and activism. Um, And it was just such a perfect fit. I was so excited. So I immediately knew I was like, yes, I am going to apply for this job. I'm really going to hope I get it. And everything's worked out really great since then. That's so exciting. Amazing. Also, I just, we have so many similarities that I just didn't even know. (laughs) I was an English major in college as well. I was English and women's gender and sexuality studies. um, And I had education for half of my time there. And then the pandemic hit and I 
I did like two teaching placements, didn't end up doing student teaching, but I also wanted to teach English and I wanted to be a GSA advisor. Well, yes. <laughs> what, what I think about, gosh, I don't even remember when I saw this on social media, but it was some meme or something that was talking about how like all queer people can think of that one English teacher that was like <laughs> their safe person at school, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, shout out to all the English teachers because like whether yeah. it's an aspiring English teacher or one that's like, you know, boots on the ground in the classroom, you are out there for the queer and trans folks in schools, they, you know, yeah. <laughs> whether they, you realize it or not, you are. Well, and I bumped into mine at a concert like two mm. weeks ago. I was oh. like, Miss Repo, are you here? <laughs> that is so cute. Wait. Yeah, literally my my one English teacher in high school, even though I was at a Catholic high school, we had kind of what I would call an underground GSA, um, but it was called the Writing Club. And so it but it was all the all the queer students. Um, and so that was my kind of first dip into like, like the LGBT community. Um, and I still I wasn't out, but I was like, definitely drawn to it. I wonder why. Um, but yeah, that I remember that teacher so well. And and she was a huge inspiration for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember when I first came out to like, the social media, right? Um, two of my all time favorite English teachers like texted me or like emailed me, right? And they were just like, we love you, Mal, whatever. And again, shout out to the English teachers. They're there for us all always. The time. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so, I mean, we've definitely talked about it, like, definitely the intersection of your interests and background and all that. Um, what what is your favorite part of your job right now you know like aside from it just combining seemingly being like the dream job for all the all of your interests but like day to day what are the things that like get you out of bed and you're like man i'm so glad i get to do this one of my favorite parts is working directly with the youth so i get to interview uh, trans and queer youth all across the country i've interviewed dozens uh, of youth at this point about their experiences, about their life, what's going on, everything from, you know, how is school treating you? How, are, how is your family life? How is the legislation affecting you? Um, to, you know, what are you personally interested? Like you are a person, you are a youth. What, how are you using? <laughs> um, and so it's just, it's amazing to, to meet all of these students and see their different interests and passions and, they're so dedicated to this work. I am constantly inspired by them. So getting to talk to them, um, getting to work on projects with them and just supporting their dreams um, and making them into a reality. One of my favorite parts is definitely creating our zines uh, with our youth, getting to do a lot of uh, like artwork, design, um, addressing different topics that they're interested in. Um, we actually have a zine coming out today, later today, for GSA Day for Gender Justice mm -hmm. about decolonization and reparations. Um, so I'm super excited about that. The work, the youth worked so hard on it. There's some really awesome interviews, um, some notes on allyship and land acknowledgement, uh, additional resources. Are it's it's just it's always they always blow me away. It's so inspiring. That's so cool. I, I have a lot of follow up questions with this. So like yeah conducting these interviews, what medium do you use? Like, is it print or I mean like audio, video, you know, oral? Yeah. How is it happening? Yeah. You know, um, we mix it up actually. So uh, I will always interview all of the youth who come through our national programs. So 
uh, because we're all spread out, it'll be kind of like this format, like remote um, recording over Zoom, transcribing an audio. And then depending on the project, we'll either, you know, take the actual video footage and use that, or we'll just use the audio or just the transcript and kind of uh, put quotes here and there that really stood out that are that really are like, wow, y'all are truly quotable. Um, <laughs> uh, but then for other projects, you know, um, we try to do a lot of multimedia stuff. So youth will create their own art and maybe uh, bring in like written word into that. Poetry is a big thing. Uh, we truly have some artists uh, in GSA. So it's it's always amazing to see. So cool. And like, where, where do these stories live then? So like, is this something where you're trying to preserve it for history, I imagine? And like, if so, where yeah. is archive located? Yeah, yeah. So um, at ourtranstruth.org, um, that's our gender justice leadership programs website, uh, a part of GSA Network. In uh, It's a joint project between GSA Network and the Transgender Law Center. So on our website, you can see we have like our media library. It has all of our zines um, throughout the like past years. Um, a lot of our storytelling interviews live in those zines or in our storytelling section as well. Um, and then on the back end, I just have basically a database of all of these youth answers that I'm like, I, I personally would love to turn into like a book or something because I'm like, I want it to, to be out there for everyone. And we take portions and we'll link like to one transcript so you can read a full transcript here. Um, but it is such an amazing resource that I would like to see kind of pushed more forward. Yeah, the idea of all of that getting turned into a book sounds like amazing. I'm just here like moved by our youth, even when like when you're collecting like quotes for mm. like legislative stuff, like the things that these young people have to say. Yeah. I am like, like there was one time we were at the state house and one of the youth was like, can you read my testimony for me before I go up? Like, this is what I've been wanting to tell these people for so long. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. I'll read this for you. Really? Like, you know what I mean? And I don't know, just to have like, yes. all that, like in a book just sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I get also so emotional talking to the youth and hearing their answers and what they're going through, how, how they're going through it, how they're persevering it is like I said it's just so inspirational I can't think of a better word yeah definitely so my next two questions are I they're kind of related so I'll ask them together one is like if there's a young person listening to this and they want to get involved in this project how can they connect with you to make that happen and I guess the second thing is, is like let's like can we talk more about the power of storytelling and like what youth can do day to day like whether that's through conversations with people whether that's through like writing it down whether it's through social media like what are the ways that youth can like take ownership of their own stories and like you know you know make the most of the power in that you know what i mean definitely yeah so uh, first question, so staying connected or getting involved, um, I would definitely follow our, our our Trans Truth Instagram and GSA Network. We're always posting um, different opportunities, activities, uh, things that folks can get involved with, even if you're not directly in one of our programs. Um, we want to hear from youth all across the country, uh, and we try to have a lot of different stories, different perspectives. Um, so we always want to hear from more youth. We want to hear your voice. 
Um, and to that with storytelling, your voice matters so much. Um, I think that is something that I didn't realize until later. And once I did, I've made it kind of my life mission to make sure that other folks, especially youth, know their power as well. Um, so storytelling specifically, I always think about uh, this one concept of windows and mirrors. Of you want to be able to see through to other perspectives and different different identities, and then you also want to see yourself reflected. So it's that's why it's super important for youth to get involved because you are someone that maybe needs more uh, representation for yourself. And then you're also someone who could be that that window for other people to say like, hey, like I, you know, have never met someone like you. And I truly think that storytelling is like the one factor that can actually change people's opinions. I know with my family coming out, sharing my story, they basically did a full 180. My mom just went to a protest with me for queer and trans youth uh, this week. And that was like, it was so amazing. And I, I just, I, I am blown away by the, the way that storytelling can truly change lives. I know it's personally changed my life. Um, and then on top of that, I would say storytelling is just a vital part of human connection. Um, I think that without storytelling, we become very isolated. Um, there isn't a lot of room for, there isn't a lot of room without storytelling because without storytelling, you are kind of left with facts and and the, those are super important too. Like you can use those to back up your storytelling, but that human emotion and connection is what really drives people and moves people to to change and to, to bring action about, which is always kind of the point of our storytelling. We want to make sure that once people read, hear, listen to our story, that they then take some form of action to, to further that, that agenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I often find, you know, because I'm often at the state house, whether for, you know, testimony, like, you know, back when I used to work there or whatever, like uh, hearing a lot of testimony and people can go up there. Like, I mean, you could talk about whatever you want when you testify. Right. I'm not saying like, oh, keep the facts out of it. Right. Because obviously we're we're here to speak truth to, to what we're talking about. Um, but you can go up there and say a million statistics and everyone's eyes are going to glaze over mm -hmm. because like you could right. say, you know, X number of queer and trans youth are impacted by these bills, this legislation, whatever. But like that number means nothing until people like see that person impacted right in front of them and hear the story of that impact. Right. Um, so whether yeah. it's good for bad, right. It's like that storytelling is so powerful. You're right. Yeah, definitely. That is yeah. Yeah. Also, I would add. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you can go. You can go. Oh, I was just going to add too. When you think about our opponents on the right who are using fake storytelling to kind of as propaganda, um, and some uh, some folks that's their only interaction. They only hear about, for example, trans people on like Fox News, and we're you know demonized and all these things. So having having the truth out there, that's why we're called our, our trans truth, because we speak the truth. We know who we are. Uh, and that's not changing regardless of whether other folks are engaging in propaganda and lies. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so important to like with the story storytelling, the amount of people that like can be involved and engaged, like 
Because yeah, you always, when it comes to, again, like those people that are kind of using that propaganda, demonizing what trans people are, queer people are, um, it's always like minuscule, small, specific group of people that they are trying to use to like push their agenda. And there are so many of us that experience queer joy daily that are like fighting for their lives and like being able to express that like authentically and fully, whether that is in person at the state house or whether that is like in an archival like zine or online or whatever, like that is so impactful. Like the number of like people yes. who are able to share that story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think 100%. I, I, I really like the whole like mirror and window analogy you shared, because I think about how, you know, obviously these stories that we're talking about are like nonfiction that's somebody's own experience that they're sharing um but when i think about like reading right i as a kid was such an avid reader and i would you know pour through every book that i could get my hands on and when i got around like middle school high school i stopped reading and i think you know there's a variety of factors right because you've got um busier schedules things like that like homework gets harder you don't really have time to read as much but i also wasn't seeking out time to read because a lot of the books that are geared toward that age range are like young adult romance like boy meets girl next door they fall in love oh look at how cute the football player is right and i was like well this is boring (laughs) and (laughs) reading and so one of my quests has been to find books now that maybe honestly didn't exist when I was in high school, middle school, because they've just come out in recent years, or books that were around in the like queer young adult canon back then too, but I just wasn't seeking out or didn't know to seek out. And so, you know, when we're talking about telling all of these stories, like this is only going to be something that, you know, somebody, you know, it's hard to fathom, but like somebody even like 10 years younger than these folks sharing their stories now, right? Like they're going to be able to seek this out as a resource and that, you know, could help influence future stories down the line, whether that's fiction, nonfiction, whatever, right? Yeah, It's, it's very impactful. Also, now that just reminds me of when you texted me the other week and you're like, oh, the, one of the main characters in this book is named Daria. <laughs> yes. It's probably pronounced more. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, I read it as Daria. The book is just Thank as you. just as you are. And I don't remember the author's first name, but the last name was Kellogg, because I just kept thinking of the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess this kind of like helps segue segue us into the next section that we wanted to talk about. And that's like holidays, right? Because um a lot of times when you think of school, you know, school can be a definitely a place of like stress, especially for mm-hmm. queer and trans youth. Um, but I think for others, it's definitely a, a space of refuge too, because you're surrounded by friends. Maybe you've got that supportive English teacher that you're turning yep. to. You might have your school's GSA, having that routine and those people to go go to every day. Um, and then when we move toward the holidays, we've got, you know, Thanksgiving coming up you know, winter break, all of these things that are oftentimes a source of stress, right? Because you're surrounded by family or, you know, you know, you might see that great uncle that's going to make a weird comment at the dinner table Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Travel, loss of your routine, no friends around. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And right, the holidays are great. We talked about all these things we're looking forward to. And also we know that there's a very real, you know, stress that comes with that too. Um, so let's, let's talk about like, what are your biggest tips when you're approaching the holiday season? What are ways that like you as Gil, right? How, how do you brace yourself for impact? Right. 
I love that this is the topic and the question because this is truly something I I had to learn and I learned it the hard way. Um, but I now I kind of come up with basically my own self care plan, and I self care is kind of a buzzword for a lot of things. So I want to make sure that we actually talk about what it should mean about you know spirit sustainability and making sure that you are healthy, okay, physically, emotionally safe, and things like that. Um, I think that, you know, first and foremost, a holiday break should be a break, right? Like you should be hanging out, chilling, getting good sleep, getting some rest, um, being able to take a break from hopefully that school stress, you know, that you're talking about. Hopefully you don't have a lot of homework uh, or anything else to do over the break for school. Um, but I think it's super important for youth, especially youth who are in organizing and activism and social justice who are constantly engaging in uh, topics that can be really emotionally and mentally draining, that you take a take a break or take uh, some type of action or initiative to make sure that you're rejuvenating yourself in every sense of the word, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of that, that you are able to rest um, and come to into the new year with that sense of like, renewal um and 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 readiness um i think a self care plan should also include like how is your mental and physical health being taken care of during the holidays so like you said there's so many different factors that can come into the holidays whether your family is affirming or not whether it's safe for you to be out or not all of these different factors obviously you need to take into account before you, you know, you do anything. Um, but I think some of the like pro tips I would give <laughs> would be like good sleep. Um, definitely treat yourself, you know, like whether it's like a face mask or going out somewhere with your friends, um, doing something that is going to make you happy and feel affirmed in, in who you are. Um, and then I would always say to like, have a, uh, a person that you can turn to, that you can talk to when things come up, because things will come up probably more than likely. Um, so someone that you can trust, maybe at let's like a designated buddy going into break saying like, hey, like, would it be okay if I reached out to you if I get frustrated uh, with X, Y, Z? Um, if you have a therapist, like maybe add in an extra session if you can, something like that. Journaling is also a great way to kind of get those emotions out, spending time in nature, although I don't know with the snow if folks are really into that. Sometimes it can be pretty for like 10 minutes uh, and then you go back inside. <laughs> but yeah, you know, engaging in anything that is going to affirm who you are, what you believe um, and, and how you show up this holiday. Yeah. And I think I think the idea of like doing that ahead of time, like preparing yourself for it is super, super important, yeah. especially with like any anxiety that you might have around like traveling or a change in routine or whatever. Um, knowing like, okay, I've like had this conversation with my friends, like we will be in communication with each other in this kind of way, or I'm going to see my therapist this day and this day, or I'm bringing, I just bought my new journal and I'm going to bring it with me, you know, when I go to grandma's house or whatever, um, to like help get through that, like planning ahead can relieve a lot of anxiety, I feel like for, for young people. And I think like with the planning ahead also comes having things to look forward to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe that thing to look forward to is going back to school in January. Maybe that's, you know, 
whatever new whatever new year celebration you're doing or whatever you know what i mean maybe that's the book that you just picked up from the library that you can't wait to read at night before you go to bed right having those little things to like know you have okay if i can just like make it through this dinner i know that i can read my book or whatever right like something to like get you through that moment. And, and you know what, maybe the dinner ends up being better, maybe, you know, but having those strategies in advance. So that way, you know, like, okay, when things go south, here's what I can aspire to. Right. Right. Definitely. I think, I think going with that too, the idea of the Christmas dinner or holiday dinner or sitting around the table with extended family and maybe some hard conversations because they always happen to come up at the dinner table. Um, So Does anyone have any tips when it comes to navigating those tough conversations um, that might arise, Um, whether it's politics or homophobia, transphobia, or even just the like, what are you going to do when you graduate? Do you have a plan? Like any of that kind of stuff. The most dreaded question, I think, for students over the holidays, Uh, (laughs) I would say um, definitely planning ahead again, like, you know, go back to your self-care plan, but also planning ahead and and knowing what boundaries you're going to set, I think is super important. So thinking about like, one, you're not obligated to answer anyone's questions or respond to anyone's comments. Um, so thinking ahead of time, you know, what types of conversations are you, do you feel okay handling and which ones do you think maybe you will walk away from, ignore? Um, the the phrase like protecting your peace, I think is is really important because when it comes to conversations like this, um, I know for for certain family members of mine, things like this can be like a fun debate uh, where it's like devil's advocate and it's kind of like a game. But for us, it's our life, right? So it's not the same emotional, like draining uh, or or physically draining. Also, I would say, you know, listen to your body. Like if you feel yourself getting worked up, heated, um, emotional, stressed, you know, maybe that's the sign that you step back and say, like, I'm going to protect my peace right now. I can't engage in this, especially for adults who are engaging in these type, like in this type of rhetoric where it's like, maybe you've engaged with them a thousand times and they are just not going to change. They just love to talk about it. They are a right wing, like microphone, basically. And Excuse me. And, you know, when it comes to those folks, I think one of the hard lessons that I've had to learn is that I can't change everybody. And that devastates me a little bit. I want to, and I know youth, queer and trans youth want to so badly be understood, especially by family members. That can be an extra level of of pain that happens when folks just like don't get you, don't understand you, or don't even try to understand you. And so that's when I think it's really important to have someone hopefully in your corner, whether that's someone you're talking to online or maybe like a a cool sibling, cousin, aunt, someone that you can go to and be like, oh my gosh, I I need to like decompress or vent, um, things like that. But you can always excuse yourself from any conversation, go to the bathroom. Um, My my siblings and I actually have a, a signal for each other if our or one of our family members tries to corner us and talk about stuff, we do not let it happen anymore because it's just happened so often. So we're like, yeah, we're not leaving each other alone with this guy because he's just going to start talking about X, Y, and Z. And it's just going to bring negativity and and honestly harm to folks. Um, 
And, and then in terms of the conversations of like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? The most, you know, one of the most dreaded questions I think for youth over the holidays. Um, like I said, one, you don't have to engage in any conversation. You don't want to. But then two, one of the things that I found easiest was kind of flipping the script and being like, oh, how did you decide like when you were young or how did you decide what college? Because people love to talk about themselves and people love to give advice. And so kind of just like flipping the table, it's like a nice way of saying like, I'm not going to answer, but I'm so interested in what you have to say. And then sit there and listen for maybe five minutes and be like, that's a great point. <laughs> and, and then you don't have to talk about it. Uh, that's that's brilliant. That's a good trick. Because my cynical self, my go-to is like, also flipping the script, uh, sorry, flipping the script, but saying like, I don't know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yours is a nicer approach. A little less that. aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. That would have been so good growing up though. Now I'm thinking about all of my like holiday dinners that I sat at when I was like switching my majors around in college or in high school when I was like, I don't know what school I want to go to, whatever. I could have been like, how did you know which college to pick? How did you know what... Brand. That would have saved, oh my gosh, so much time. Okay. <laughs> and and I also think like going back to the advice you shared before that about like not having, you're not obligated to answer anything, right? Or like not obligated to give them the answer they want. I think that's especially important to share in contrast with what we were talking about earlier about how important it is to share your story and whatever. Like it's also okay yeah. to share that story for an opportunity when you know that it's going to be affirmed, right? Or it's going right. to be received well by somebody. You don't have to feel like this Thanksgiving dinner is your opportunity to change everyone's minds at the table and you have to put yourself in that vulnerable situation. You can also just choose to sit there and then maybe excuse yourself to go take the dog for a walk or, you know, right. like, oh, you know what? I, I think yeah. I maybe one too many scoops of mashed potatoes. I'm going to take a walk around the block real quick. Right. <laughs> you know, it, whatever you need to do to get yourself out of that situation, like maybe bring a board game or something and say like, Oh my gosh, would you look at the time? I want to make sure we get a round of Candopoly. Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I thought those are all great points. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, okay. And then I guess also going with this, um, We've talked about kind of strategies when it comes to having those conversations with people that might not be super affirming or just the uncomfortable, annoying conversation. Um, but when it comes to the positive connections that people have, what recommendations do you have to stay connected, whether it be to, you know, like if they have a GSA group to stay connected to them during this off season or GSA network or just their friends, anyone that like, you know, might not be able to, you know, meet them in the cafeteria every day for the next two weeks, but how can they still stay engaged with each other? Yeah, it can be hard when you go from seeing your friends every single day to maybe you're not going to see them at all over the holiday break, or maybe only see them like once or twice. Um, it can, it can feel lonely. And I think one of the great things that has come from the internet is obviously online communication. So whether that's like starting a group chat, uh, like a, uh, sending each other, even just like TikToks online to be like, hey, I'm thinking about you. I thought you would like this. Uh, here's a little something funny to lift your mood. Um, I think uh, for, for GSA Network, definitely, like I said, following us online, we'll be posting content uh, throughout the holiday break. Uh, we have a newsletter as well that folks can sign up for. 
Um, I think it's always great to kind of also it's it can be fun to try out new forms of media like honestly kicking it old school with like a letter or an email can be kind of fun especially in the holiday like you write by a fire or something it's kind of cute even just writing down things that you want to tell your friends once you get back to school is like it makes you feel less alone I think um, if you have the opportunity to to plan and see folks I think that's great um but also you know remembering you like what do you want to say to your friends when you get back to school yeah. um how are you going to stay connected uh how, how you can stay connected throughout the holidays though i think like obviously text email all that good stuff discord uh dms uh sending each other fun memes or whatever um there are all great ways to to kind of engage with folks I yeah that. i i love the point about like writing down what you want to tell your friends because I think like with texting and you know snapchat whatever like it's it's so easy to just like have the thought have the experience and immediately tell your friends but there's something so much more gratifying about telling them in person and like watching them laugh as you tell the story yeah. or whatever watch them go like oh my gosh I can't believe they said that right and so I think like having it written down and then knowing that you get to look forward to telling them that story in person yeah, yeah. like a post-break debrief sounds so fun right with your friends when you I would love that because <laughs> I always feel like, you know, people are like, so what'd you do over winter break? And all of a sudden these two jam-packed weeks filled with like lots of things. It's like, uh, I, I don't know. It was fine. Right. You know, because you forget everything. Yeah. You know, minute by minute played playback of like, this is exactly what I did over winter break. Right. Yeah. It's fun. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe we need to do like a post event. <laughs> like after right, right after this break and again it goes back to storytelling there's power in those stories that you have and you know getting to share yeah that's awesome definitely um and yeah, I guess I love oh go ahead go ahead oh sorry I was just gonna say I love the uh the way that friends will also do like powerpoints to update each other on things that that they haven't seen each other in a while I was like that's such a cute way to also engage in storytelling you can include like pictures and do like here was my break and things like that that's definitely the English teacher me coming out as like a little project but uh I think it's super something fun it gives you something to work on during the holidays that's it's like fun. oh uh, can't talk right now mom I gotta go upstairs and work on my powerpoint and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for school right and it's like yeah it is for school. yeah yeah another excuse <laughs> you're not wrong yeah that's awesome that does sound so fun well I think this is a nice transition to our final question for the section um but what resources are available we've given a couple ideas of this you know post break debrief a powerpoint perhaps <laughs> um but are there any resources out there whether you know through GSA network or anything that you just know of um to help them prepare for this holiday season definitely yeah so GSA network our website gsanetwork.org um, we have a ton of resources on there for queer and trans youth. Um, I'll specifically highlight our uh, queer and trans youth wellness resources, which is uh, a page that has just a ton of stuff listed on it. We have everything from uh, like meditation, discussion, prompting journal questions, um, fun movie, like happy queer movies to watch. Um, there is also a specific holiday self-care resource on that page as well that I want to highlight. Um, but it has everything, book recommendations, um, other uh, links to some of our zines that could be helpful during the holidays as well. Um, so I would definitely check out that. And then uh, your friends are your resources too. I think, you know, we list resources out as kind of like these pamphlets or things, but also your people, your support system 
is your resource. So like I said, you know, go into, try to go into the break, like having a plan made for who you can reach out to, who you trust, um, because your support system is there to, to support you and to love you and, and help you during, uh, both difficult and good times. Definitely. Definitely. I love that so much. Well, Gil, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with us. And, you know, I am so glad that I got to know you more. Everybody who's hyped you up is absolutely not, uh, <laughs> it was not hyperbole. It was great to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. I've learned so much about you and your history. And then of course, like working with the GSA network, it's just so awesome to hear about work that, you know, I have heard of, but like seeing how it impacts you, how much you love it. It's just awesome. Oh, thank you both so much. It, I mean, I, I absolutely love being able to, to talk about all this stuff. It's obviously my passion. Um, like so nice to be here with y'all and, and thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, for those who are listening and want to stay in touch, um, stay in the loop with all things KYC, uh, you can follow us everywhere at KYC Ohio. And you can also check out our website, kycohio.org. And that stays up to date with our calendar of upcoming events and you know things going on at the drop-in center. Um, if you want to support us in all of our future endeavors, whether that's the podcast or the drop-in center and beyond, um, you can donate at kycohio.org slash donate. And lastly, we always want to hear from you. So whether you are somebody who has a question um, that you want us to talk about on the podcast, if you know of somebody cool in your life who you think would be great for us to interview, um, anything is fair game. So feel free to send me an email to mallory at kycohio.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, y'all.